The world is a confusing place, filled with all manner of shimmering distractions that take our conscious mind and our immortal souls and subvert them into the most basal of human emotions. Can any one of us who considers ourselves a spiritual being truly look around the carnival at the barkers, performers, and the caged animals and believe, even momentarily, that any of this is as it should be? My name is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of the Black Forest of Indiana, distiller, historian, occasional tinker, reenactor, and your host of If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Have you ever noticed the world isn't quite what it presents itself to be? That something is just a little off kilter, just a little out of focus. Perhaps that movement you caught out of the corner of your eye was more than a shadow, that weight on your shoulder more than fatigue. I have lived my whole life like this, aware, awake, and waiting for the next experience, positive or negative, always apprehensive, always analyzing. I believe that spiritual warfare is real. I believe from societal observation that others are becoming acutely aware. I believe that many are being influenced by forces unknown in a negative and spiritually deprived way. I see soft disclosure in every corner of pop culture. Join us as we pull back the curtain, as the veil thins and reach with us into the ether to reclaim the truth. But if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey guys, and welcome back to the bonus episode, maybe more appropriately, episode 8.98 of If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. This, of course, is a continuation of what we started this past week with the folklore from Vincennes about the Loop Guru. And I really enjoyed putting all of these little bits together. I know they're probably a little strange for some people, again, as I said in the previous episode. You know, doing them without music and doing them with a little bit of echo to make it sound like a haul and then sort of reenacting the way that the stories were written. But I truly enjoyed that greatly. And I'm also going to see if I can't find that WPA manuscript with all of those other folkloric stories uh, from the uh, French in the Vincennes area. I think that they could be really interesting, and they're certainly a part of our um, cultural heritage here in southern Indiana. So I'm hoping that I can find that stuff. We will see. Anyways, this will wrap up the uh, the Vincennes, Indiana Loop Guru stuff. You're going to find a story about a Loop Guru cow. You're going to find a story about a Loop Guru horse. You're going to find a story about what sounds an awful lot like Willow the Wisp at a lake near Vincennes, Indiana. And at the very end, I'm going to have a little bonus segment, a very short little bonus segment. Uh, no reenactment going into there, no music going into it either, but a little piece about some quote-unquote mud mermaids near Vivi, Indiana, which I recently came across in a newspaper article. So stay tuned for that. This coming weekend, uh, on Sunday, I hope to release a brand new episode, episode number nine of season two of If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything, featuring Kate Henriot Jaw. 
the direct descendant of the Henriot sisters of Absinthe fame. So be sure to look out for that. And as always, if you have any stories about the paranormal, the Fortean, high strangeness, UFOs, cryptids, ghosts, what have you, please reach out to Kim and I at bishopshomegrown at gmail.com. Loop Guru Cow, as told by Pepe Boucher. Of course there be other Loop Guru stories. We, I must tell you, many so you know the Loop Guru well. Most every other place they be just wolf dogs. But here in Old Vincennes they be awful. Most any bet noir you hear about. You never want to think on a dark night when you be out by yourself that they be here, these Loop Guru and Vincennes. No, I tell you this, little one, it not be so much scare you as you run home. This happened here in Vincennes after General George Rogers Clark take the British fort from Lieutenant Governor Hamilton. After that time, plenty of the Americans came here to our town and they laugh at us French and our Loop Guru stories. They say it be impossible Mwasun, American, he say he lost his cow, and he go out to hunt for her every night. No one ever find him in his home at nights. At last, Vital thought of his own miserable time, and he say to himself, Go and hunt the man, and deliver him, as Paige did you. So Vital gets a big knife, and starts out in the dark, and hunt for the American, who he thinks be possessed. Bien, he hears a cow moaning, and remembering that the man says cow be gone, Vital now know it to be the poor American, who had always laughed at the French when they talk of the loup Guru. Gathering up all of his courage, Vital crept softly, softly as an Indian. On and on he slowly moved toward the spot from where the moaning came. The cow did not hear Vital. She was moaning like a person in great pain. The sound make Vital tremble. He reach out to cut the cow, so he draw blood and deliver the man. Just as he bent over the cow, she jump upright between Vital's leg. She jump and start on a cow jump, loop, gallop, or run out toward the commons. Now Vital, he not be so brave like Paige, so he be frightened, most out of his wits. He reached for the cow's horns. Moi, the cow tossed her head and bellow and tried to jump from under Vital. Poor Vital. He was dead scared and not have sense enough to stick the knife in the cow until they be run a mile from town. He holler and call, So boss, because he thought an American, cow loop guru, would not understand French. Moi, that cow never stop. So he cried out, Mon Dieu, Aristar, Vache, Vache, Aristar. Mwah. That did not enter the ear of the Loop Guru. So Vital at last recover his spirits. He gets courage enough to stick his knife in the shoulder. Oh, all oh, the blood spout out and the cow tumbled down as Vital tumbled over on the grass in the common 
right by the side of the American, would always make fun of the French loop guru. At last, Vital and the American walked back to town, and all the way, the American tried to express his gratitude. He begged Vital not to tell until he died or move away. He moved back east pretty soon, and he never came back. When he be gone, Vital tell, moi, some not believe. It is so, whether you believe it or not. Jean-Baptiste, Loop Guru Horse, is told by Pepe Bochet. The time be the full spring of the year, the tree be in leaf, the birds sing, the man all be work. Some he fish in the river, some he hunt in the wood, some in the field he plow. That be the time when everything be happy. We all laugh, even when your line what tie your horse to your plow get wet long, 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 and your poor horse he pool and pool, and the rawhide it get more and more stretch. That be the day when the air be damp from the spring and rain. Moi, when the sun come out, and the water run from the field to the creek, and on the river, and the air be dry, and every piece of what you now call harness got dry, and then they all pull short together. Everyone be happy. No difference what trouble he have, just so long as he not be sick. Bien, we, everyone, moi, Jean-Baptiste and he be getting still, still as the summer comes. He not work much. Still he be so dog-tired he not want to live. At last his friends be uneasy and someone ask him, what be his trouble? He say, come with me. When Jean-Baptiste say, come with me, he leads his friends to the fence that be around the commons. He pointed to a place where the ground be tramp, tramp, as if some horse be tied to the fence. His friends say, bien, that be nothing but a man's horse track. Jean-Baptiste opened his hand and showed dirt in them, and he get down and claw the ground and look sad. He friends say, moi foi, you just think you be possessed. There be no sign to have dirty hands. You be lazy. Again, Jean-Baptiste rose and taking his friend by his hand, led him close to the fence and point to the top rail which he bit and bit nearly through. Still his friend laugh and say, of course some horse be here. Moi, you not be it. At this, Jean-Baptiste opened his mouth and showed his teeth. And in his mouth full of wood, he pulled wood from his teeth and lay in his friend's hand. While his friend be examined to see if they be the same kind of wood as a fence, he hear a sorrowful, yet musical, nay. And looking around, he saw a white horse flying through the air. Ma foi, they not see Jean-Baptiste no more. Never did we see the flying horse. Moi, a year and a day, Jean-Baptiste he come home. He tell how he made to fly because he show he be a loop guru. If he talk and tell them, he never get back home. So he just point to the ground and fence. So he be made fly, fly.
Hey guys, if you've been following my career at all, or following the If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything podcast, you've probably also heard about my other shows, Distillers Talk, as well as the One Piece of the Time Distilling Institute. One thing you may not be aware of, however, is that we actually have a separate website called thealchemistcabinet.com. And the really cool thing about thealchemistcabinet.com is we have our very own store there. It's called the Warehouse One. And you can go there right now and pick up all your Christmas gifts. Or if it's after the New Year's or even before, if you're at all into if you have ghosts or you're into the art of distillation, you can go to the Warehouse One right now and buy various different if you have ghosts, you have everything and uh, one piece at a time distilling institute apparel and or merchandise. Things such as shirts and hats and stickers and my book, The Alchemist Cabinet Philosophy, Volume 1, or the two DVDs we're currently offering. A short history of distilling in Indiana's Black Forest as delivered in a speech to uh, the Salem Depot and or the Alan Bishop Experience documentary directed and produced by Bo Cumberland and Jolie Kasperzak. There's all kinds of cool stuff over there. I even occasionally have some extra distillation slash homebrewing related materials such as staves or yeast or unique grains that I offer over there. There's going to be all kinds of new stuff coming up. Kim and I are actually working on an Oracle deck specifically for if you have ghosts, you have everything and our spiritual work with this podcast and personally that'll be up before too long. So please go over to thealchemistcabinet.com and place an order. All that money obviously goes back into this show as well as into the One Piece of the Time Distilling Institute, and it helps our family out. This is one of the ways that we pay for our bills and also pay for our hobbies, such as all the software we use for this podcast, etc. We really appreciate your support. We love you guys, and we'll catch you soon. The Spirit of Otter Lake, as told by Pepe Boucher. We, this be true, I think me. In the Spanish days of Vincennes, there live here a most beautiful senorita, whose name be Donna Mariana Gonzalez, her father, Don Salmon Gonzalez. And he be very proud, too proud to want his daughter to marry young Duffy. Ma foi, young people who live find way to be together. And with others, they went to Otter Lake to fish, to hunt, and to boat ride. Moi, one day her father give orders she be going to St. Genevieve, the Spanish settlement on the west bank of the Mississippi. Donna Mariana knew her father's word to be law, and that when she be in St. Genevieve, she must marry a rich, old, ugly Don, who be very rich. He be her father's old friend, ma foi. They say he be awful, old and ugly. No one be surprised when they not see Donna Gonzalez for days, because her father had told everyone that young Dufree see her no more till she be merry. Bien, one day some French be hunts, and some be fish at Otter Lake, and they see a beautiful face float on the water, beautiful in the distance. Moi, when it be fish out, they see it be Donna Mariana the beautiful daughter of Salmon Gonzalez. For many years, no French trap or fish around Otter Lake, but they hear the moan of the drowning girl, or a weird wail of a song she always sang 
when she be at the king's ball. She sang, dance. I not tell how lovely she sang and how beautiful she be. Her father wanted her to be queen. Ma, when she lay dead, he knew she love. We love hard. To throw herself in Otter Lake to escape the old man she loved not. So many say they hear her dying cry. Go out to meet her lover as she struggle in the waters. Ma foi, they make your hair stand up. When they've been out at Otter Lake after dark and tell you what agony came in wails across the waters. And lights like two eyes travel with moans. Then if any be brave and try to catch the lights, they flicker here. They're younger, hither, thither, back of him, now before him, always beyond his reach. Then they be swallowed in the water, disappearing with an awful maddening groan. Moan. I hear them not, for I go not to fish where a woman be drowned. I like not the taste of the fish or the water when my mind recollect the old story of Donna Mariana Gonzalez. The Fu Foley at Otter Lake is told by Pepe Boucher. You want to know about the tripod page made? No, he not invent it. You must know that in the old times when people be possessed, they must try to learn a remedy. Bien, if the lights that be seen on Otter Lake be seen on the land, they be jack-o'-lanterns, and they could be stopped. You want to know about the tripod? Bien. That is where he come in. The jack-o'-lanterns, he be a light that pass, and pass before Juan until he be witches, and follow the bright, hopping light on. On as it flashes back, then forward before the eye of the one to be possessed. Why you follow that lantern through brushes, through woods, far, 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 far away from everyone. One time a man bien, his name was the same as mine, Boucher, he one time be possessed. He followed the jack-o'-lantern that he saw as he go home from town. Boucher felt sure the light was leading him, was nothing, may, a fool, drawing him to his death. His horse seemed to be bewitched, for Boucher never guide him. He just go after the light, through the thickest briar patches, jump the ditch, scramble up the slippery hillside or slide down the muddy slope. Through muddy water and deceitful marshes, that horse and rider tumbled, and staggered along after the gleaming, glittering light, a loop guru he felt sure it be. Then when death seemed near, he found his mind much clearer and remembered if he could draw blood or put a forked stick and make like an Indian potholder, a tripod in the ground, he could make the loop guru pass under it. Boucher opened his knife and stuck the blade in the horn of his saddle. You see, he could not get down on the ground his horse be following the loop guru as fast as his tired legs could travel. When the blade be stuck in good and tight, he pushed the handle down to make a triangle. He wished hard the loop guru look and see the triangle, then he must pass through it, and would soon cut himself on the sharp blade. By this time they all be deep in the waters of the Wabash River. Soon they would drown, for the horse seemed too tired to swim. Mwah! Back came the loop guru light, dash toward Boucher, toward the tripod. He never think he be big and the knife triangle small. He only seem to want to get at Boucher, and he must pass under the triangle. Ma foi, 
he knocks his head straight under the knife and out his ear. There was no loop guru or jack-o'-lanterns, and the poor horse trembled, trembled as Boucher guide him back to the road. We, oui. he be glad to know about the triangle. Moi, at your first mind not be clear. You must wait till the spell be kind wore off. Then, they say, you think, non. I never, never be possessed. I not be very much to swear to the truth. It not all be bad, loop guru around us. Nor do everyone tell the same way, the same story. Some make fun at the end. Some make sadness. Alright guys, I hope you enjoyed all of those Loop Guru stories from Vincent's Indiana as much as I did. But I want to throw a little something extra here at the end of the show, something I came across quite by accident uh, researching Indiana folklore. And that is a report of quote-unquote mud mermaids uh, near Vivi, Indiana on the Ohio River. So this is taken from the Cincinnati Enquirer in 1891. On the sandbar of the Ohio River, Vivi, Indiana, reside two nondescript creatures, horrible in appearance and habit. They're amphibious in nature and resemble in appearance huge lizards with human features. When partly submerged in the yellow waters of the Ohio, they're strangely like human beings. Of what species of animal they are, no one knows, for it's impossible to get near enough to them to judge correctly. The sandbar in question is at low tide covered with huge logs and stumps of trees, known in the river vernacularly as snags. They have been deposited by the government snag boats, engaged in keeping the channel clear. When the water is high enough to cover these snags, the creatures make their home among them. When the water recedes, they disappear into some unknown lair and wait for a rise. From indications, they appear to be carnivorous. Among the snags are to be found wagon loads of mussel shells, fish bones, and other debris of animals. When the river goes down, these shells and other articles disappear, only to be succeeded by a fresh lot. This is evidence to those who have watched the coming and going of the strange things that they live upon such food. To this and from another report, we have the following. The beast is about five feet in length. Its general color is yellowish. The body between the four legs resembles that of a human being. Back of the hind legs it tapers to a point. The extremities resemble hands and are webbed and furnished with sharp claws. It is devoid of hair. Its ears are sharp, pointed, and stand up like those of a dog. Well, that's the first time I've heard about mermaids in Indiana, but uh, thought I'd pass that along to you in case you're ever driving along the river and see something strange. If you do, let me know. Love y'all. Later. <laughs>